Hey, let's give it up for our tech team who created that message today. <laughs> Welcome to message one of our new series, iMessage. I've been looking forward to today with great anticipation because I've longed to share with you this series, iMessage, for a while now. And in a world of iMessages and I at the center of so much, we need something more, huh? Amen. Something better, something bigger. The Gospel of John presents the I am promises of Jesus Christ, and I love the Gospel of John. And someday I'm going to preach the whole book. As a matter of fact, someday I'm going to preach the whole New Testament. Uh, just watch and see. I love the Gospel of John, and I've been living in it. Um, now for more than over a year in my own personal study time. And a lot of the insights that I'm going to be sharing over the next uh, eight weeks will come from those times I've spent with the Lord in the Gospel of John. And the series gets launched today called I Message. And we're going to look at the seven I Am statements of Jesus that he made when he was on the earth. And we're going to come to realize, because he is the I am and not the I was, Amen. come on now, Amen. these statements are alive today. And because we live in them, we can see our life go from glory to glory to glory, and we can come into a new dimension of this favorite, famous word by John the writer, believe. Believe believe. And maybe through our lives and maybe through what we present here and what happens to you because of what God presents to you, maybe you can make somebody else come into a place in their life where they, listen, truly believe in Jesus. I want to introduce this series today with a message starting in chapter 1. And I want to just walk through the first 18 verses. And I want us to follow along. And I want to begin a brand new custom today uh, and ask that you would do this. I know we've been standing a little, but I would like you to stand one more time with me as I read the gospel of Jesus Christ. Would, can we honor the word of God today as I share with you a reading of the gospel of Jesus Christ? John 1, 1 says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. The Greek word is zoe. It means an inextinguishable existence of life with power. Okay. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. We found out today that he had an iPhone. <laughs> 
That's so great. I love it. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. John testified concerning him. He cried out saying, this is the one I spoke about when I said, he who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. He was in the world. And though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet, to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh, made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. Out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. But the one and only Son, who is himself God, and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. Would you pray with me? Father, at this time will you unveil the glorious splendor of your Son, Jesus. Eternal life means to know and experience you as the only true God. And to know and experience Jesus Christ as the Son whom you have sent to us. You are the righteous Father. And the unbelieving world has never known you in the perfect way that Jesus has made you known. And all those who believe in Jesus have made you known. Jesus has revealed to us who you are. And the Holy Spirit will continue to make you even more real to us so that we may experience the same love that you have for Jesus. For your love will now live in us even more than before, even as Jesus lives in us now and even more as we receive your word. We pray that others through this message will come to believe in you, Father, and in the one you sent, Jesus Christ, by the Holy Spirit, for this is eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen.
Will you turn to somebody before you sit down and sing them this song? I love you more today than yesterday. Go ahead. Go ahead. But not as much as tomorrow. Come on. What's up, live stream? Live stream, you rock. Give them a hand, would you? Live stream people. Yeah. Let's break uh, these verses down, okay? Let's, let's break these verses down. Let's break these verses down. I want you to focus on word number six in the first verse. Word. Uh, back during the time this gospel was written, it was written in the Greek language, that word that we have up there, which is an English word in the Greek, is the word logos, Logos, uh, I have to really oversimplify this. It, it, it means the meaning of life. In the beginning was the meaning of life. In, in the beginning was what it's all about. Okay? Uh, logos means the concept of concepts, the fact or sum total of all things and the meaning of all things. It's the voice. Ordinarily, it refers to a spoken word, but also gives you the essence of the personality that speaks it. John is telling his hearers and future readers, I know the message. I know the true meaning of everything. And John's going to tell us how this came to be for him in the gospel and how it came to be for those with him. The word. And then he tells us about the word. He says the meaning existed before the beginning. In the beginning was. Do you ever let that flip your logic switch crazy? Before anything existed, something existed. The logos. In other words, before we began, before anything began, this logos existed in forever backwards, with no starting point, no advancement, no evolution into greatness of being. No. The Logos, the message, existed in a present state of being the ultimate message, the meaning of every meaningful meaning, the sum total of explaining what needs to truly be explained. And then we see this meaning was with God. Was with God. Ultimate meaning was with the ultimate being, God. And was God. Then John moves forward and says that at the beginning, with God, God the meaning was there at the beginning in Genesis. The meaning, the ultimate message, the explanation was a personal being because John doesn't call the Logos an it, calls it a he. And he was God with God before the beginning, but in the beginning was with God. And to make the point even more clear and add emphasis, John says, not one thing that exists came into being without him. This 
word, this ultimate explanation of meaning regarding everything. The ultimate expression of God is a he, not an it or a thought. The meaning is a being with God and was God eternal, never came into being, but everything that came into being did not come into being apart from him. He, the ultimate being, brought everything into existence. And then John, the gospel writer, shifts, and we continue on this, and you think, okay, let's dive deeper into this logos and this he who was with God is God, made everything out of no thing. But then John abruptly stops that, and, and it's like he says, wait a minute, I have to make another point. I can't go any farther. And what he does is he introduces a theme here uh, uh, in the next character that he brings into this story because when he writes this gospel, which is probably earliest 85 A.D. at latest, which I don't think so, 110 A.D., he has to write something because John is a, probably an 85 to 90-year-old man. Sixty-some years have passed since Jesus rose from the dead, and John, as he's writing, has to make something clear still. And it's this. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might believe. Now notice, why would you have to say this? He, John the Baptist, was not the light. Why would you have to say such a thing 60 years later? He, hey, wait, in case you still don't get it, John the Baptist was not the light. As a matter of fact, I'm going to tell you this story. It's going to take me 21 chapters, but I've got to stop right here already because there's a lot. Do you know there was a church in Ephesus that worshipped John the Baptist when John wrote the Gospel of John? Say, what? This series is, is, is titled Small I Message in contrast to the I Am Message. Okay? And right off the bat, we're getting something from the gospel writer that there are these misconceptions about the message and about the Messiah and about his miracles and all that he says that still people are off on the wrong track and have their eyes on the wrong things, themes, and people. But it does tell us how great of a man John the Baptist had to be. Has anyone walked up to you lately and went, excuse me? Are you the light? <laughs> I notice how you're looking at those apples in the produce section. It makes me wonder, are you the light? <laughs> Way! Who was John the Baptist, man? John testified concerning him. He cries out, I'm not him. There's somebody greater. And he says, he was before me. But do you know what? John the Baptist was born before Jesus of Nazareth. And John the Baptist is saying, although I was born before Jesus, Jesus existed before me. <laughs> and then he goes on to tell us more about the word and the world. It says he was in the world. And though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. And it still doesn't, does it? He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. You know, the Jewish people and the nation of Israel, for the most part, still to this day, do not believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God. But then in verse 12 it says, Yet 
to all, all. Would you say that word with me? All. To all who did receive him. What does that mean? Those who believed in his name. He gave to them the right to become children of God. Children that weren't born into Christianity. Children who didn't necessarily on their own decision to say, I'm going to try God out. People who had a daddy that said, I want you to be a Christian. I'm a... No, people who were born of God, who came out of nothing spiritually alive into an existence with God, just the same way the Logos and God himself brought out of no thing everything, and nothing exists apart from him. The creator came into his own creation. The God beyond space and time was born into time and into space. The one that the heavens can't even contain became a baby, became a boy, became a teenager, a young adult, a man. The king became a slave, and the God of heaven became a sacrificial lamb. And that's the message. And to those who believe it, he gives them eternal life. There were those who did not, those who do not and will not receive him, regardless of how clear he reveals himself, regardless how heartfelt the offer he makes to them, regardless of the clarity, there are those who receive him not. And we're going to see that throughout the Gospel of John. And I want you to know something as we look through this whole series, Jesus of Nazareth never changed himself or his message whether people came or went. He will choose truth and obedience to his Father's will even over saving himself. Why? Because, verse 12, because there will be those who believe what he's revealed and they will believe what he revealed and experience the power of a new life, a new identity, a completely new birth by God himself, and really become God's children. Amen. There is truly a distinction we're going to see in every I am. Life and death are clearly distinct. Light and darkness are clearly distinct. And the children of the world and the children of God are clearly distinct. This word received, believed, when we do, God gives us the legal right and the power and the authority to become children of God. I want to talk to you a minute about the word and the warmth of God's heart. Verse 14, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us, and we have seen his glory what is the glory of God going to be like now? Well, it's not like Moses. It's not like Sinai. It's not like thunderous. It's not like it shakes the ground. It's not like people feel this vibe. The glory of God is very unique, and it's going to be this. And you'll miss it if you're looking for Moses and Sinai and shakes and bakes and miracles. You're going to miss it looking for miracles. That's the Gospel of John. Because the glory is not up there. The glory is seen in this one and only sonness of Jesus. 
The glory is understanding this carpenter knows God like it's his own father. And this glory is in favor and reality being revealed. The glory revealed to us is that Jesus had a warm, undeniable, evidently intimate relationship with the God of creation, the God of heaven, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Moses, the prophets, and Israel. Jesus of Nazareth did. In other words, John is saying, you know what glory is? We could tell that Jesus of Nazareth knew God. That's what uniqueness is. That's what glory is. And if we're looking for glory and miracles, we'll miss it. And that's why he came to his own and his own received him, not because they were looking for some other kind of glory. And this man did miracles back where no one saw them except servants and his own disciples. And he didn't say, guys, I'm going to turn water into wine. Ta-da! He didn't care if anybody saw that. He said no to prayer requests until it was his time and his father's time. And then he revealed his glory. He thought it not something to be selfishly grasped that he had this unique kind of relationship with his father, but he revealed it because he wanted people to believe. Warmth out of his fullness we have all received grace in place of grace already given. The only Son, the one and only Son, who is Himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made Him known. The scholars know this word. It's the word exegesis. Exegesis means to take the Scriptures and bring out of them what they truly mean, not what you want them to mean. And Jesus of Nazareth is the pure exegesis of God, the invisible. The Word. The Word. The Word became flesh. And like Moses pitched the tent in the desert, God pitched his tent in the midst of his own people. Let's bring it all back home to our hearts today, to the people in the streets and the people in our neighborhoods and the friends that we work with. And here's the question that God would ask you and me today. Do you need a warm word from God? And so do the people living in this deluded world. So I pray that over the next eight weeks, you and I will go from living an I message to the I am. I get sentimental about heartfelt messages sent to me in the form of cards. Dana and I yesterday celebrated our sixth wedding anniversary, and my wife, Dana, <laughs> clap if you must. <laughs> Please, clap more. No. My, my wife, Dana, 
is the rock star of card writing. They're always the most thoughtful, and it puts you under such pressure because no one every time can match Dana's all the time heartfelt words she writes in cards. And I just get all mushy about that. And I do when my son writes me a card, when my daughter writes me a card, when Michaela writes me a card, Brandon, if he ever writes me a card. Um. <laughs> if you come down to my office, I have a shrine. I'm mean, not a shrine. I have a place. <laughs> what are you saying shoo about Wharton in the front row? I treasure those warm words. Because I don't know if you're like me or not, but every now and then I get down. Do you ever get down? Do you ever feel like you're not really the person that other people think you are? And you read something your kid writes you or somebody else writes you and there are all these warm things and, and you read them and they mean a lot, but there's a part of you that goes, how do they see that? I was, I'm, am I the only weirdo in the room? I don't just, do you ever wonder that? Like, and from time to time, I need to get those things out and read them again. It's great people give you heartfelt messages. You know what? People need more of them. I need more of them. I'm not asking you for them, but I'm just confessing, right? As you would probably confess honestly, too. The warmer, the better, right? Do you need a warm word from God? That's what the gospel means. Good news, a warm word from God. Jesus was in a human body, a warm word from God. But you know what? People don't go around saying out loud necessarily too often that they need a warm word. You notice that? What most people say, how you doing? They'll say, great. Although inside, if they'd be honest, they say, you know what I really need? Man, I need encouragement. I need to know I'm not alone. I'm afraid, and I don't want anybody to know I'm afraid. My GPS is, keeps saying reroute, but it never finally gives me the new route. We say, good. How's the kids? Good. How's the dog? Good. How's your church going? It's good. Praise Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. How are you doing? Good. People don't go around and saying, you know what? I am just so fed up with all the encouraging messages people just keep flooding my way. I can't take it anymore. I mean, no one's ever come up to me and said, please, friend, you have just warmed my heart too much. I don't need encouraged. Do you need a warm word from God? Here's a question. If God, all right, the God that you've been worshiping, the God that you prayed to for Brian and, and Mark and... and uh, and about Nikki and Trevor and the God that we worshiped this morning and sang about and all that, if, if, if you were honest and real, 
not that you're not, but in an honest and real moment, you would just take two or three minutes and write down, or, or, or wishing you could get a text from God, what would you wish it said? Not what you might think it would say or be afraid it would say. What do you wish it would say? I wrote down what I wish it would say. Tim, in spite of all your stuff, your struggles, in spite of all your mistakes, I don't define you by them. I want you to live in my embrace. I love you so much that I really did die for you. So you would not die in your delusion, your deception, your discouragement, or your depression. I've come to put to death the death that still is living in your life. I've come to bring your heart home to me. I've loved you before you took your first breath and even until and when you take your last. Anybody who has ever been inspired to show you love, I was the one that pushed the button. Do you need a warm word from God? Is there truly a non-biased, pure, really accurate meaning and message to this life that will really hit home and warm the heart in your life? life. Now we know the answer because we've seen the back of the book and we have the answers. We're looking 2,000 years back. We know the answer. But let's go back and start as if we don't. The word and the world. The world needs clarity. The world needs honesty. The world needs intimacy. I need clarity. Do you need clarity? Uh, I don't need more information. My memory is almost full. But I need more of God. And He wants to give me more of Him. I need a revelation that changes my heart. I don't need more education that creates my I message in even greater form. And that's what Jesus came to really do. In this life with him and in his light, we find a warm word from God. And as we discover a warm word from God, we will hear that heart from heaven call us to go out into this dark world and bring a clear, warm word from God. A message that's through us, but it isn't about us. It's not a selfie message. 
We are not to be selfie believers. We are not to be a selfie church. I messages lead us to deeper emptiness and more delusion. And if our eye doesn't point to the I am, people will remain in the darkness and the delusion of misunderstanding and into the depression that permeates the land of the selfie. I know God doesn't go around suing people, but think if he did. And think if his argument was about giving out misinformation about who he is. Think if he went around suing people for defamation of character. Does this world need a clear message of the Son of God in human flesh? Do you and I have any liability issues regarding muddying up the meaning of Jesus of Nazareth. How can we remedy that? How can the LOH remedy that in our little world over the next weeks, months, and years? John the Baptist would say, it's not about me and it's not about you. We must decrease and he must increase. Wouldn't it be awesome that over the next few weeks we could say, I have found the fullness of life by decreasing into the arms of the I am. The deepest need in your life, if you're watching, the deepest need in my life as I'm preaching, the deepest need in your life as you're listening is to be loved and to love because God made us that way and life doesn't work without it. And there is a warm word offered to all, even his church, even his sons and daughters. He came to that which was his own from the heart of the Father, filled with grace and reality so we could get it. And he is saying to you and me right now, I welcome you into a new kind of believe. Believe me. I welcome you. I receive you. I will clear up the mud in your mind and reveal the I am of who I am to you and through you. Would you stand, please? would like you to just there's an old old song we used to sing in church when I was a kid and the words of the chorus said let's forget about ourselves concentrate on him and worship him If Jesus was in human form in this room right now, where would he be? I don't know where he would be. Would he be standing by you, Stuart? Would he be, wouldn't you wish, huh? Amen. Would he be in the back? Would he be up there knowing that the guy that has to flip the slides 
could possibly feel like an outsider instead of an insider? Where would he be? Would he be by you, Trey? Would he be by my pal back here, Ronnie? Where would he be? I hope he'd be by you. But I, I need him to be by me. Do you need him to be by you? I so desperately need him to be by me. And that's not selfish. It's survival. It's survival. It's my only hope. But our God is so good that when he ascended on high, he sent the Holy Spirit so that he'd not only be beside me, but he'd be in me. And he'd be in you. And he'd be in you. And he'd be in you, live stream. And he'd be in you and want to be in you even if the church caught you in the act of a horrible, scandalous sin. He would make them want to drop their rocks as he revealed the I am of his glory of being one with God and wanting to be one with you and they would flee and you'd be there alone with him and he'd say is anyone around that wants to judge you and you'd say nobody and you'd look and think you wouldn't say it but you'd think it but you could and he'd say the most beautiful words that have ever been said I don't condemn you go sin no more. This is the message that the people in the world and the people that post and the people that need to reframe God so that they can psychologically deal somehow with the guilt that they can't scrub away or drink away or love away or buy away or church away. This is the message that only people who accept and receive and believe him can reveal. And so, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make a straight path for his feet. Let the crooked way become straight and the rough road smooth. And then he will reveal his glory. But don't look for shakes and bakes and wowzles and woozles and sizzles. Look for the warmth of a son and a father and a knock on your heart so you can believe. From the back to the front. And from the platform to the drum cage. Lord Jesus. I never want to have you come into my world and me somehow not receive what you bring. Give us the grace by the power of the Spirit in this room.
whether we come around an altar or we stand or we sit, that we have the grace to believe you because you are the I am, not the I was. And we're going to close like this, letting him be true to us. Bless you as you personalize this invitation of a warm word from God.